0: Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. A Time to Heal by Melanie Sharonsell The morning dawned cold. The sun broke across the pale blue sky, the frost lightly fingering the lacy tops of the still bare trees in our yard. Grandpa had gone out to check the store to make sure everything was in place. He did that every morning while Grandma made breakfast. He didn't have far to walk. It was only a few hundred yards away. Shivering, I bounced up and down as I watched Grandma put the biscuits in the oven. Cut that out, child, Grandma fussed. It sounds like an earthquake in here. She laughed. You're such a tomboy, Daisy, just like your mother. Smiling, I walked into the living room and leaned my head up against the big, cold window, waiting for Grandpa to come back to the house. Before long, I saw Grandpa walking slowly home with his head down. He wasn't whistling like he usually did. When he arrived at the door, I opened it for him and said good morning. When he brushed past me like I wasn't there and headed for the kitchen, I knew something was terribly wrong. He was making a funny kind of snuffling noise. He was crying. I'd never seen him cry before, and it scared me. Whatever is the matter, William? Grandma asked anxiously. They did it, Catherine, he said in a choked-up voice as he sat down. The bootleggers. They were there last night, took the sugar and stuff they needed for the moonshine whiskey, and left. We've been robbed, Catherine. The place is a mess. He buried his head in his hands on the table and continued to sob out his frustration and sadness. I saw Grandpa wither before my eyes. He suddenly looked very old. Grandpa would have done anything for anybody, and why anyone would do something like that to him filled me with a ragged kind of rage. I hate him! I said to myself. Whoever they are, I hate them. That afternoon, Josiah Sparks came by the house. Hello there, cutie, he said when he saw me. I hear that y'all had some trouble around here last night. Bootleggers, I spat the word out with venom. Grandpa guesses they're from Cade's Cove. They ransacked the store, took what they wanted, and left everything else a mess. When Grandpa appeared around the side of the house, Josiah grinned widely, revealing the place where a front tooth should have been. Howdy Lawson, Josiah said. Your granddaughter here and me was having a right nice little chat. Wasn't we cutie? His grin became wider and he winked at me. Now tell me about this bootlegger business, Lawson. Josiah Sparks listened with interest as Grandpa related the story. He stroked his chin thoughtfully, then said with a frown, "Now ain't that too bad. Guess I'll go into Knoxville next Monday and replenish everything." Grandpa shook his head sadly. I just don't know how I can do it, Josiah. I don't know how I can go on. Several other neighbors stopped by to give their condolences. Grandpa thanked them all graciously for their concern, but the old sparkle was gone. That evening, all of us sat around the fire, including Uncle Earl, who was visiting. Daisy, did I ever tell you the story of the two girls who got lost in the woods and couldn't find their way out? Uncle Earl asked me. No, I don't think so, I answered eagerly. Tell me. "'Uncle Earl could tell some good stories. "'Well,' Uncle Earl continued slowly with a twinkle in his eye, "'they walked for days and only got themselves lost. "'Well, they eventually ended up in the very center of the woods, "'where the ghosts lived. "'Earl Lawson!' Grandma scolded, horrified. "'How dare you tell this child things like that before bedtime?' "'But Grandma!' I protested. "'Uncle Earl winked at me, and disappointed, "'I climbed the stairs to my bedroom.' late that same night after everyone had gone to sleep i heard a sound my heart began to pound rhythmically and my toes tingled grandma was right i thought i'm hearing things i pulled the covers tight around my face and snuggled down into their warmth but suddenly i heard it again carefully and silently i pushed the covers back and slid out of bed tiptoeing across the room i reached for my coat and boots Not bothering to change, I pulled the heavy coat on over my pajamas and put the boots on my sockless feet. The stairs creaked and groaned as I made my way down. Strangely, I had never noticed how noisy they were until now. I've never tried to be this quiet coming down them before, either, I mused to myself. The sound seemed to be coming from outside. Unfortunately, the front door wasn't much more quiet than the stairs. As I eased out onto the porch... I could hear Uncle Earl's heavy breathing from where he slept on the couch. All of a sudden, I realized where the noise was coming from. The store! I crept through the shadows along the edge of the woods until I was directly beneath the store's front window. My heart pounded with such force that I was sure they could hear it clear back at the house. Whoever was inside, I could hear them talking. I stopped to listen. What's taking you all so long, Buck? Hurry up, would you? I was so astounded at the sound of the voice, I almost fell over. The voice belonged to none other than Josiah Sparks. "'So it was him,' I said to myself angrily. "'That two-faced hypocrite!' Suddenly, I knew what I had to do. I had to get Grandpa and Uncle Earl. Silently, I made my way back through the shadows toward the house. Just as I reached the porch, a twig snapped behind me, and a cold hand clamped around my mouth." What in the name of thunder are you doing outside this time of night? a voice asked. Relieved, I whirled about and looked into the shadowed face of Uncle Earl. Oh, Uncle Earl, I panted in a whisper, I saw them. They're there Josiah and his boys are the ones, Uncle Earl. What are you talking about? Uncle Earl asked quizzically. Calm down and tell me. Bootleggers I said impatiently. You've got to hurry. They're in the store. Without another word, Uncle Earl turned and ran into the house. Moments later, Grandpa came out, saddled up one of the horses, and rode off for the sheriff. Uncle Earl had grabbed his gun and was headed for the store. I snuck back to my place under the window to see what was going to happen. "'Now, Billy,' Josiah said in a whiny voice, "'don't you be tearing everything out!' I cautiously raised my head to peek through the window. "'You know, Lawson's getting old,' Josiah continued. "'Don't make things too hard on him!' Just then, the door burst open. "'That's mighty kind of you, Josiah!' Uncle Earl's voice was as cold and hard as steel. Josiah and his boys whipped around quickly just in time to stare down the barrel of Uncle Earl's shotgun. "'Take it easy, boys,' Uncle Earl said, frowning. "'The sheriff should be here any minute now.' His hands in the air, Josiah swallowed but said nothing. Billy's face crumpled, and he started to bawl. Buck stared uneasily at the shotgun in Uncle Earl's steady hands. I almost felt sorry for them, but the picture of Grandpa's frail form slumped across the table kept flashing in my mind, and his sad voice. They did it, Catherine. No way. I could never feel pity for the people who made my Grandpa cry. Hatred burned like a fire inside me once again. It wasn't long before the sheriff arrived. After he had arrested Josiah and his boys and left again, Grandpa surveyed the mess in silence. I reckon I'd better get started here, he said. I'll help you, Grandpa, I offered. He gave me a tired smile. It took all of us till daybreak to get the store back in order. Exhausted after the long night, I fell asleep quickly and didn't wake up until late afternoon. The next day, Uncle Earl came in with a discouraged look on his face. What's the trouble, Earl? Grandpa asked. Sparks is a free man again, Pa, Uncle Earl said. Seems the sheriff is a distant relative of his and didn't like the idea of having kinfolk in jail. Josiah bribed him with a little moonshine whiskey, and that's all it took. He's a free man. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was so unfair. Grandpa got up and walked out the door toward the barn. Had to do some thinking, I guess. After he had gone, I flew into a passionate rage. What about us? What about Grandpa's store? It's just not fair. Uncle Earl looked at me for a long time. You're right, he said. It's not. The next day, Grandpa was sick in bed. Deep down inside, I knew it was Josiah Sparks' fault. I hated him. With everything I had inside me, I hated him. Grandpa knew something was bothering me. Calling me into his room, he asked, Daisy, is there something you'd like to talk about? It's as plain as day there's something wrong. I burst into tears. It's not fair, Grandpa, I cried. You've always done everything you could for other people. You've always been honest. But you got your store robbed. You're the one who's sick. Josiah is the bootlegger and thief, but he got out of jail, and he's still healthy. I know how you feel, Daisy, Grandpa said gently. I had those same feelings. It took me a lot of thinking and prayer, for I could understand them myself. He paused. In the good book it says that God lets the rain fall on the good and the bad, not just the good. But in another spot it says that everybody's going to get his own reward when the Lord comes. I reckon the best thing I can do is trust the Lord and let him take care of it. I guess you're right, Grandpa, I said softly. I leaned over and kissed his weathered cheek. Thanks. Grandpa smiled as he watched me leave the room. He never recovered from the robbery, physically or financially. Sometime later, as I sat by his grave, I knew that I still felt bitterness toward Josiah and his boys. I thought about what Grandpa had said and started to cry. I ached so much inside that I wished my heart could break open and let the hurt pour out. But I knew he was right. All I could do was let the Lord take care of it. I watched the sun slowly sink from the day, leaving behind orange and magenta-colored fragments of light that seemed to melt onto the horizon. And the hate inside me began to dissolve. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fishel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.